Welcome to Journey Church Podcast. It's great to have you with us. Here at Journey, we believe that Jesus should be accessible to anyone. So whether you're at home, work, or somewhere in between, you can have access to the weekend's worship experience. If you want to further connect with us, you can find us online at journeyorl.com or any social media platform using at journeyorl. We hope you enjoy the message. I just want to say thank you so much to everybody who is here today to celebrate with us our last 365, but also a big thank you to everyone who was with us for the last 365. Whether you were there from the beginning or this is your first Sunday, we want to say thank you. You are such a big part of what God is doing. Thank you for your generosity. Thank you for giving of your finances, for giving of your life. So many of you, your talent and your time, putting yourself on the edge and inviting friends. That whole documentary, the people were invited by Jenny and Patrick, everybody in there. (laughs) Came. And so this is as much your victory uh, as it is uh, our victory, and we're excited uh, to celebrate uh, with you. You know, just earlier this week, my son Zane woke up in the morning, and uh, his legs started hurting. He started walking around like a zombie, uh, and my son Justice was scared because he actually thought he was a zombie for a, a quick second. And so, and so my, son, my, other, my son Justice gets up in the morning. He sees Zane walking, you know, because his leg is hurting. And Justice goes over to him and he starts to lay hands on Zane because we're pray first home. And so he takes his hand, he puts it on Zane's leg and he says, in the name of Jesus, I pray that that Zane's leg will get better. And then all of a sudden Zane starts to walk around normal like nothing happened. And I'm watching this, you know? And so I'm like, well, this is pretty cool. And so then Justice goes over to me and he goes, daddy, daddy. He goes, look, Zane is a human again. No, that's awesome, Bobby. That's awesome. And then he said this. He goes, and I did that. Look at his hand. Like, I did that. I did that. And so, you know, as a pastor and as a father, I had to come in real quick and kind of adjust his perspective. And so I was like, no, Bobby, you actually didn't do it. Uh, what actually happened was, you know, God did it. And so we got to make sure that we give praise to God. God did it. And when I said that, he got all sad. I was like, God did it. He's like, so then I'm like, okay, I got to rescue this moment, you know, because I don't want to undo the miracle that God just did. And so he's, and so I'm like, I said, but, 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 but he wouldn't have done it if you didn't extend your hand. He wouldn't have done it if you didn't have the courage and the faith to stretch out. I want to tell you, God did it. All the things that we're seeing on the screen, all the numbers, God did it. I don't want to, I don't want to twist it. It's not because of one person. It's not even me. You know, God did it. But here's the reality. He wouldn't have done it if you didn't extend your hand. Thank you for extending your hand. I think the church is a beautiful thing when people from different backgrounds, different ages, different ethnicities, different cultures, different religious backgrounds can extend their heart and their hand united under one cause, the great cause, the cause of Christ. Amazing things happen. What God says is, if I see one or two, I'm going to put my hand on top of their hand and I'm going to work through them to do my will in the life the people who live in this city. And so thank you, God, for making it happen. But thank you, church, for extending your hand in faith that God would do a miracle. Because let me tell you what, he has. What you are sitting in right now is an absolute miracle. So thank you for extending. But I'm about to ask you to extend some more. Because this isn't just our birth Sunday. This is also our vision Sunday. And while we are going to celebrate what God has done, and we have done that, we also want to look forward to what we believe 
God is going to do, not just in this church, but also in your life. As we go into our year two, we're going to rally around a particular word, a word that I believe God gave me uh, in prayer, a word that I've been asking God for. Give me the phrase, give me the term, give me the word that's going to summarize what year two is going to be like for our church and for every man, woman, child, teenager uh, in, this, in this room that will be there on September 17th. And the word he gave me was this, and this is our vision word for our year two, unfinished, unfinished, unfinished. Because as great as God has been, and he has been great, God's not finished. And as awesome as it has been to launch a church, and it has been awesome, the vision's not finished. And as challenging as life can get for you sometimes, let me encourage you, you're not finished. You're not finished. Come on, tap two people, tell them I'm not finished. I'm not finished. Come on, now encourage someone, tell them you're not finished. Tell them you're not finished. You're not finished. You're not finished. And so we want to rally around this word. I'm going to read a, a scripture. If you have it in the book, in the Bible, you can turn to the book of Habakkuk. If you don't have that or you can't find it, it'll be on the screen and you can read along with us. Habakkuk chapter two, we're going to read verses one through three. It goes like this. I will take my stand at the watch post and station myself on the tower and look out to see what he will say to me. And I will answer concerning my complaint. And the Lord answered me, write the vision. Make it plain on tablets so he may run who reads it. Verse 3, for still the vision awaits its appointed time. It hastens to the end and it will not lie. If it seems slow, this is somebody's word, wait for it. It will surely come. It will not delay. It will not delay. It will not delay. Come on, say it after me. It will not delay. It will not delay. One more time, it will not delay. Here's what I want to preach about today. What happens when it does? What happens when it does? Because I believe the Bible. I'm just saying it feels like it's delayed. So what happens when it does? Thank you, worship team, for everything. Here's what's going to happen today. We're going to uh, do a little combination. I'm going to do some preaching, some encouragement. And in addition to that, we're going to cast some vision, and we're going to make some huge announcements for what God has for us in our year two. Uh, but let me begin by encouraging you. Uh, does anybody remember, and I know you probably have to go way back to maybe figure this out. I had to think about it too. The first time you've ever visited a gourmet restaurant, like a fancy restaurant, like a restaurant where you had to dress up, you know, to, to, to go to. I'm not just talking about the Cheesecake Factory, okay? I'm talking about like a nice, like a nice restaurant. I remember the first time I've ever visited a nice restaurant. It was a challenge for me because I was young, and at that time, the only restaurant I had been to uh, had a clown, you know, on it. And and the other one had some, you know, redhead girl and pigtails. And so my idea of a restaurant was fast food, you know. And the thing that stuck out to me the most when I went to this gourmet restaurant, honestly, was the wait. I just could not comprehend why it was taking so long for our food to come. I was used to paying and leaving, paying and leaving. And we're getting on 30 minutes, and I'm 10 years old. I don't know how my parents are keeping me, you know, all together. But I'm bugging out because I want my food. As I grew up, I realized there's a reason why fast food is fast. Quite simply because fast food is not great. I mean, it's good. Don't get me wrong. I love a double cheeseburger with no mustard. Hold the onions as much as anybody else. But it's good. It's not great. And until you've tasted great food, gourmet food, then you really can't compare. And here's what I've learned. A burger is great, but a steak that's been aged over a year, that's good. That's better than good. That's great. 
If you're into wine, you know, grape juice, welches, that's fine. But a good wine that's been aged decades, that's great. And here's what, I, here's what I've learned that I want to encourage you. This is what God told me. And if you get nothing else but this, you can leave, but don't. And I wrote it down so that I can give it to you the exact same way God gave it to me, and I hope it encourages you. Listen, you can't have great if you're not willing to wait. You can't have great if you're not willing to wait. And that goes for everything. You can't have a great uh, 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 job if you're not willing to wait for the great job. You cannot a great husband, can't have a great husband, come on somebody, if you're not uh, waiting for a great husband, you cannot have a great body, all you people who went to the gym in January and quit in February. If you do not wait and put in the time, if you want great, you're going to have to wait. That's just a part of greatness. It comes with a delay. It comes with, uh, with a wait. And when you understand that, it really changes your perspective on waiting because then you understand that there's, there's no evil chef in, in, in heaven, you know, messing with your destiny, talking about, no, 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 not yet, not yet. I want to see if he leaves. <laughs> we're just going to hold on to this. He's about to quit, and then we get to eat the blessing. <laughs> no. Like, it doesn't work like that. When you understand that, 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 that what God is preparing for you is greatness, you actually wait differently because you understand, listen, it's not a delay. It's called preparation. God's not trying to torture you. He's preparing it for you. He's preparing it for you, and that's significant. That's significant. When you understand that, it changes the way you wait, that God is for me, that he's not out to get me, and that it's not delayed, it's being prepared. Because let me tell you, anybody can order food, and anybody can eat food, but it's what you do in the in-between. In between the time you see it, in your, you saw it in your menu, and you see it on your table. If you can wait that time, listen, it's how you wait during that time which will determine if you'll be able to experience the awesome things that God has prepared for you, that God has prepared for you. So when I first got the vision for this year, I was kind of bummed out. I was praying, and I just felt the Lord heavy, unfinished. I'm like, that's horrible. You want me to get up and encourage people? We might as well call it incomplete. What's the vision for the next year of your life? Incomplete. God promises you, you won't finish, (laughs) you know. And he said, no, no, Jay, you don't get up there and talk about it. It's incomplete. Then they'll never come back. You got to give him my perspective. Don't tell him it's a year of incompletion. Tell him it's a year of preparation. It's a year of preparation. God is preparing you. But the only way you are going to step into the fullness of the thing that God has prepared you is if you learn how to be okay, listen, with being unfinished. You have to learn to be okay with being unfinished, with not being complete, with having some things in your life that, are, that need to still be standard, with having some areas of your life that still need to be worked on. You have to be okay with being unfinished. And that's what I want to teach you how to do today through the book of Habakkuk, because Habakkuk is in an unfinished state. He's, well, he's pouring out his complaint to God. That's Habakkuk chapter 1. And in Habakkuk chapter 2, he's waiting for God's response, for the vision, for the direction for his life. And here's the first thing uh, that he says, Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 1. He says, I will take my stand at my watch post and station myself on the tower and look out to see what he will say to me and what I will answer concerning my complaint. Here's what you need to do. He said, I'm stationed at the watchtower. He said, God's got a word for me. I know God's got a word for me, and so I'm going to wait here until God gives it to me because this is what I believe. I believe God's not finished. I'm stationed. What does it mean to be stationed? It means you have to decide before things get tough that you're not going anywhere. Because if you leave the process in the middle of the process, you never get to enjoy the product. And so you got to be able to say, before things get tough, I'm not going anywhere. I'm stationed. I want you to know, as a church, we are stationed and we're not going anywhere. 
And that's significant because this was almost a very different Vision Sunday. I was going to get up here and make a totally different announcement today because what had happened was we had somebody come up to us and say, came up to me and said, hey, God's doing big things in your church. I feel like you guys need a permanent church building. And I thought, that's cool. Yeah. I love the school, but I'd love to have a building that we could use throughout the week and reach more people. And he said, no problem. I found a building. It's a $1.3 million. Here's what we'll do. We'll pay for it for you. And then all you got to do is pay us back 0% interest, 0% interest. We'd actually be paying less in that building than we'd be paying here at the school to rent this for one day a week for four hours. I said, well, that's pretty cool. Uh, uh, but I have to pray about that. And so I got down and we started to pray and we started to, to make announcements. We started to talk to our staff and we started really moving with that thing. And when I really went into God's presence, he says, hey, are you sure this is what I want you to do? And I'm like, I'm not sure. What's the last thing I told you? The last thing you told, you told me, God, was Winter Park. He said, well, then stay stationed. And so a $1.3 million building we turned down because we believe that God called us to this city, to these people, to you, to this community, and we're not leaving until God tells us to leave. One day, those doors will open. But for now, listen, if you're not certain about what God is telling you to go next, just hold on to the last thing he told you because that's what's going to get you through the moments of uncertainty. As soon as we turned it down, we got a phone call from another, we got a phone call that said, hey, no problem here. We've got free office space. We got a free conference room and we got a free building that you can use in the midweek. If you want to ever do midweek services, you can have it for free, all yours in Winter Park, which is not a big deal for you, but I'm tired of our staff meeting in my living room. I'm just going to be honest, okay? I'm tired of that. Our staff members are tired of lugging, you know, carrying around all their equipment in their cars. So we got office space. We got a conference room giving us completely free because of what we turned down that God said it. Because you were faithful and you decided to stay stationed, I'm going to bless you. I want you to stay stationed. Listen, not just as a church, but I want you to stay stationed in this church. And I'm not trying to be selfish. I'm not trying to figure out a, a cool, unique way to manipulate you, to make you feel guilty if you ever want to leave. God's going to call you out one day, maybe, maybe, 10, 20 years from now. But I'm praying that you'll be here for the long haul. Listen, not so that I can be selfish with you, but because I know that it's in being stationed that you begin to produce all the things that God wants for you. All the things that God wants for you. Listen, in front of our house, we have a dead tree, a dead tree. I'm, I'm, I'm emphasizing the fact that it was a dead tree because during Hurricane Irma, it should have fell. Right down the street from my house, there was a four-foot live tree, beautiful live tree, came down during the hurricane, four feet wide. The whole neighborhood had to come together to chop this tree down for our neighbor. It was ginormous. But my old dead tree didn't. And the guy who was across the street from me comes out. He goes, man, I was watching your tree. He goes, man, your tree was holding on for dear life. I said, man, it's amazing how it stood up. And then he told me, he goes, you know what? 30 years ago, because he was there when the, when the development got planned, started, he said, 30 years ago, you know what? You know, I planted that tree. He goes, and I planted that tree, and I planted that tree. There were three trees right on my property. He goes, I planted all three of them with the owner. And then that, it clicked. I said, you know, i got to do some research. i got to figure out why our tree stood and that other tree fell. It turns out that our side of the development was the first part of the development that was developed, which means that when the developers first came in there, they actually planted the seed for the tree. But when the rest of the development began to become developed, they wanted it to catch up aesthetically in the way that it looks to the first part of the development. But they didn't have time to plant seeds. And so what they did was they transplanted trees. In other words, because my tree was there longer, it was able to establish the roots that helped it become withstanding when the storm came. But because that tree had shallow roots, when the wind came, it blew it. I want you to stay here. Why? Because I want you to stay in one place long enough where you'll develop roots so when the hurricanes of life come, you're standing and you're not falling over and you can even be weak. Listen, here's what I learned. Here's what I learned. You can be weak and rooted and you will last longer than those who are strong and shallow. I'd rather be weak and rooted than strong and shallow. 
And not only that, but the reason why it was able to hold on was because it was planted with two of the trees at the same time. In other words, underneath the ground, it had actually formed a system of roots that were holding on to each other when the wind blew. In other words, it's not enough to be rooted. you got to be rooted with other people who have been there just as long as you and hold on to each other when the wind blows. You say, hey, are you going anywhere? I'm not going. If you're not going, I'm not going. I'm hanging out. We're going to ride this out spiritually. And I'm not talking about this building. I'm talking about spiritually. We've all been knocked out by the hurricanes of life at times. We need to learn to hold on, hold on, and not let the storms get us. Amen? And here's how you can do that. Small groups, sign up today in the courtyard. Meet a small group leader. Sign up for three of them. Go to all of them and then leave everyone that you don't like. I'm okay with that. Just just get involved. There's going to be awesome groups for all stages of life. You want to be there. So how are we being stationed as a church? Let me talk about some initiatives. First off, if we want to be stationed in our community, we can't just meet on Sundays. And so starting in the second year of our life, in a couple months, we're going to be kicking off what we're calling First Thursdays. First Thursdays is going to be every first Thursday of the month. It's going to have an extended time of worship. There's going to be an extended time of prayer. There's going to be a word, but it's got a different focus. It's to help get us more spiritually rooted. We're going to have a, a more kind of time to connect with God, and it's just going to be a lot more free. It's a beautiful setting. And so I invite you to come out to that First Thursdays. In addition to that, we want you as an individual to be more rooted in your life. And so we realize we got to speak to the particular issues that you're facing, both men and women. So I'd like to introduce to you for the first time, Men's Night. So Men's Night is coming July 26, 2018. We're going to be reaching out, doing specific things for the men of Journey Church, talking about the issues that you need, that you, that you need to overcome. And we want to help you overcome that. So it's going to be a lot of fun. And of course, if we're going to have a Men's Night, that means we're going to also have a Her Night. And Her Night is going to be May 17, 2018, coming uh, in the second year. We're going to really speak to you as an individual, as a woman, to the issue. Not me, I won't, but my wife will. And she'll speak to you as a woman, to the individual uh, kind of things that you're walking through. The second uh, attitude that you need to have if you want to make it, if you want to be okay with being unfinished. The first is, I'm stationed. I'm not going anywhere. The second is, and I'll read the passage, and then I'll give you the attitude. Habakkuk, or Habakkuk, chapter 2, verse 2. And the Lord answered me. Write the vision, make it plain on tablets so that he may run who reads it. Here's the second attitude you need to have in order to become okay with being unfinished. The attitude needs to be, I'm running. Not only am I stationed, I'm also running. I'm going after it. Why? Because the vision's not finished. Because the vision's not finished. You know, one of the reasons why we named the church Journey Church is because of the story of the prodigal son, the lost son. You know, the one who leaves the house and then comes back home. You know what the most beautiful part of that story is for me? Not that the son comes back, but that the father was at the window looking for him. And when he saw him, he ran after him. I'm so grateful that we launched this church, but it was never the vision of Journey Church to launch. It was always the vision to run after people and walk with them back home to God. And that's what we're going to do. We're going to run after people, and we're going to reach more people. And how's that, what does that mean for your life? I want you to know that God's got a vision for your life, and the vision of this house is big enough for the vision that God's given you, for the dream that God has given you. There is space here. To, to, to open up your heart. Uh, after this sermon series, we're going to do a sermon series called Unfinished, by the way. For the next four weeks, it's going to be awesome. There's going to be pottery. There's going to be uh, construction on stage. It's going to be really great. After that, we're doing a series called Daydreams because we want you to dream again. And we want this place to be the soil that your dream finds fruit and you can get to that place that God's calling you. And so here are some of the things that we're going to bring in our second year of church that are going to help us reach more people. The first thing is if we're going to want to reach more people, we need to create more teams. And so in our second year, we're going to launch a prayer team. And so we have our welcome team, we have our worship team, we have our creative team, 
We should have had this team when we launched back in September, but in our second year, we're starting a prayer team. And so if you are gifted in the gift of intercession, if you love praying for people, we're going to have you guys praying before the worship experience starts, set in the atmosphere. We're going to have you praying for all the prayer cards that come in. We are Pray First Culture, or Pray First Church, and we believe that the biggest change is going to happen through prayer. Amen? Amen. Not only our prayer team, we're actually going to begin what we're calling a legacy team, a legacy team. I'm so honored um, that our church is full of businessmen and businesswomen. I know a lot of you who own your own businesses who do very well. Thank you for being a part of Journey Church. I want you to know that as the pastor, God's given me the opportunity to set the direction of the vision of this church. But as a businessman, as someone who has the gift of giving, you set the pace of the vision. You decide how fast we get there. And so uh, we have five different lanes that we're going to be giving giving out to. We've already given over $70,000 away. We have a, a, a capital projects lane for buildings and for equipment. We want you to help us get to. The good news is, guys, we have found a permanent home for Journey Church. It's awesome. It's beautiful. It used to be an old movie theater. It's great. The bad news is, it's $3 million. Um, and the, 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 um, but the good news is, nothing is impossible for God. And so we're going to continue to chase big dreams and believe big for God to do big things. We're going to run after it. And so uh, uh, Capital Projects, the next generation and also local, national, and global missions. We want to plant churches. By the way, we are a part of an organization that is planting 150 churches today in the world and in the United States of America. You paid for that. You paid to help start 150 churches uh, today that are launching. So that's awesome. We want to help stop human trafficking. In Central Florida, it is a huge issue. We've already identified organizations that we want to partner with. We have this big vision, but we need the help of the businessmen. We need the help of those who have the gift of giving to help us get there quicker to accomplish those things that God's given us quicker. And so the legacy team, as you can tell, living a life that outlives me. On top of that, I'm excited about Easter because we're going to have our first ever Easter helicopter egg drop. We're going to be reaching more people. We're going to rent out a field. We're going to hire a helicopter, and we're going to drop Easter eggs from a helicopter onto a field, and we are literally expecting thousands of people to attend this event. We know it. We've I've done this event in the past, and thousands of people show up. And so we are partnering with businesses um, to uh, sponsor. And come Easter, the day right before Easter, actually, we're going to have this event. It's going to be special. And this is probably the one I'm most excited about uh, out of a lot of the things that we're sharing today. And I love to preach. I love to reach people. I love to uh, touch people with the gospel. I think that what we do here on a Sunday is pretty special. Uh, and so introducing, uh, for the first time, the official Journey Church YouTube channel which we're going to be super, yeah. For those who have seen, we used to do a live stream on Facebook with the little Mevo thing here. And honestly, the quality wasn't great. And we want you to be proud of your church. And everything that we do, we want to do with in excellence. And so uh, what we're going to be doing is uh, investing in some high-quality camera equipment. And we're actually going to be recording and then streaming and then also uh, producing it on the channel that you can share with your friends. That'll be really high-quality stuff. So we're pumped about that. And the last attitude that you need to have, Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 3, for still the vision awaits its appointed time. It hastens to the end. It will not lie. If it seems slow, wait for it. It will surely come. It will not delay. The first thing I told you was, you got to be stationed. That's the attitude. I'm stationed. Second attitude is, I'm running. The third attitude you need to have to make it through this unfinished season is this, I'm expecting. The reason why I'm expecting, listen, because I'm not finished. I'm not finished. I am expecting. I want you to know that I am expecting God to do something miraculous in your lives. And I'm expecting God to do something miraculous in this building. You know how you know 
when you're expecting something, when you're not surprised that it happens. I'm not going to be surprised when we raise millions of dollars to rescue people from human trafficking. I'm not going to be surprised. I'm not going to be surprised when we run out of seats on this entire first floor and we got to open up the balcony. I'm not going to be surprised. And I don't want you to be surprised. I want you to begin to live your second year in, in expectancy, believing that God is going to do something awesome in your life. You hear me? Don't be surprised when your back stops hurting and God heals you in a supernatural way. Don't be surprised when your marriage gets healed in a way that only God could do it. Don't be surprised when you get that raise only way, or when those bills get paid. Don't be surprised when your business takes off. Don't be surprised. Expect it. Expect it and believe it. I remember my son coming back from Disney. It was an amazing day. We saw like a movie. We got popcorn and we, saw, uh, we went to Disney. And on the way home, he's like, I want ice cream. Buy me ice cream. And I'm like, boy, have you no appreciation for all the things that I've done for you? I don't even know I have money by ice cream. What's your, you think I made of money? You know, and I'm just kind of having this conversation with myself and with him. And, I, and the part of me, the first part of me was like, man, how ungrateful my son is right now. But then the other part of me thought, you know what's pretty cool though? How audacious of him to ask even though he's already given me so much. And I believe that's the attitude God wants us to have with him. To be grateful for what he's done in our life, but to say, hey, that's cool, but I also want ice cream. And while we're at it, make it a triple scoop and throw on the sprinkles, somebody. Like, I'm talking to, I'm just asking you. I'm telling you, God wants you to become audacious in your faith and audacious in your life to begin to ask him for things above and beyond what you could ever imagine, even though he's already given you. I'm not done believing that God has done here. I, I believe that there's more and that we're all going to be a part of it. And so we got to reach out, extend, and expect. And let me tell you the difference between expecting and wishing. I didn't tell you I was wishing. I told you I was expecting. There's a difference. When you wish, you speak it, and nothing. I don't wish that God would do something special in this place. I expect it. Why? Because I don't wish that a plant gives me fruit. I expect that a seed that I plant, that I water, that I tend to, that it bears fruit. What am I talking about? I expect it because I know what I'm putting into it. The difference between expectation and wishing is cost. That's why you don't expect a lot, because you're not putting in a lot. But if you put in more, you'd expect more. I once told you that the level of your reality is determined by the level of your expectation. Let me add to that. The level of your expectation is determined by the level of your investment. When you begin to invest in your life, in your walk with God, in your home, in your job, in your family, then your expectations are going to increase because you know what you put into it. And then when your expectations increase, then reality catches up eventually to your expectations. It will surely come. It will not delay. It does not lie. And so I want to invite you to invest with us next season of our church history. On October 15th, we are going to have what has come to be known as Heart for the House Sunday. It is four Sundays from now. And we only do this once a year. So if you're a guest, just know that we only do this once a year. Once a year, we ask everybody to go home for four weeks and pray about a gift that God would put in their heart to give so that the vision can come to pass. Last year, we did this at the end of the year. It was our end of the year vision offering or for the house offering. This year, we want to do it four weeks after Vision Sunday. I wanted to paint the picture for you, let you know that everything that could happen, that we could do, we all partner together. And I want you to know this isn't about money. This is about the mission that God's called us to do. This is about the people that God's called us to reach and the person God's calling you to be. I want to see those things come to pass. In order to do that, it's going to take everybody's hand in, everybody putting in, uh, 
and everybody's sacrificing and giving just a little bit of themselves and myself included. And so on October 15th, we're going to have our heart for the house offering. In fact, if you go to our giving page today, you'll be able to look at the option. So I'm not asking you to give. I'm just asking you to go home and pray. Ask the Lord if you should give. And if nothing, then that's cool too. Thank you for coming and being a part. If you're a guest, don't feel any pressure. This is our gift to you. We hope you're encouraged to embrace this season of unfinished, of being unfinished. It's okay to be unfinished, but only if you hang in there. If you're stationed, only if you decide to run, only if you expect. If you have all those three attitudes right, God's going to bless you. So I'm looking forward to October 15th, looking forward to this next sermon series of unfinished. I believe in God's going to do something special. I want to invite Liz to come on up here. We want to pray. I'm going to ask to invite you to stand as well. I'm going to, Liz is going to pray for our year two. Pray and believe that God is going to do something significant. I want you to know that after the worship experience, we got birthday presents for you. It's a birthday, and so you can't have a birthday without cupcakes. And so we've got some Journey Church cupcakes uh, in the back for you to grab uh, on your way out. We also got Next Step starting, and don't forget small group signups. And so let's pray together. Let's believe that God is going to do. Let's decide that we're stationed. Let's decide that we're going to run after people. Let's decide that we're expecting a miracle in this place, expecting to do God something awesome. Amen? Amen. Come on, amen? You believe God's going to do something great in your life. You need to believe it. You need to expect it. You need to run after it. Let's pray. We'll pray for the church, and we also want to pray for you. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, God, for another day in your presence, God. Lord, we thank you for this year, God. We are so blessed to even be a small part of something big that you're doing here, God. Lord, we thank you for the lives that have been changed, for the families that have been restored, for the people who've walked away from drugs and walked away from unhealthy lifestyles and accepted you into their hearts, my God. We thank you for everything that you've done this year. We're grateful, God, but we're also expecting, God. We're expecting that you're going to do something awesome in year two, my God through us, my God. And we're going to promise that we're going to extend our hands out to the people of Winter Park and Central Florida, God. We're going to give of ourselves, my God, to you and service to you to help them, God. I pray that you would help each and every one of us show your love to them, my God, whether it be in the middle of a storm or when the storms are calm and nothing's going on, my God. There's people who have storms going on within them. I pray that you help us help them, my God. Lord, and last but not least, I pray for each and every one of the people that are here, whether they call Journey Church home or it's their first time here, God, I pray that you would bless them in the following year, that you would bless their families, that you would protect them. Lord, you don't always promise us, my God, that hard times might not come. They probably will. So we just pray right now that you would help them in whatever hard time they might be going through now or within the next year. We thank you, we love you, and we ask all these things in your name. Amen. I actually forgot one of the biggest announcements, almost left it out. I showed you why we were stationed and what we're doing. I showed you what we're running after. Let me tell you how we're going to live in the vision of expecting. We believe starting in February, maybe even sooner, the room continues to grow the way it's growing, maybe even sooner. But in February, at the very latest, in February, we are officially going to launch, when we throw up the slide, a throw it up, throw it up, throw it up, second worship experience. And so we are going to open this up uh, 9.30 and 11 a.m. And the reason why we're doing this twofold, one, I personally know people who say, hey, I can't come to church that late because I got work. And so if it's just for that one person who comes, if none of y'all come because you hate waking up early, I will put on an experience for one person. 
for one person just so they can be encouraged and, 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 uh, and go home. So, and so that's what we're going to do. Uh, whether it fills up or not, uh, I'm gonna, we're going to do that. And secondly, because we're expecting. We're expecting. It costs extra money to, to put on two experiences. We don't care. We're expecting God to do something. And so we're pumped for that, uh, for that happening. And so get ready. And uh, we are so excited. Hey, I do never want to close on a Sunday without giving you an opportunity to know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Maybe you were invited to church today. Maybe you came with a friend. Maybe it's been your first time in a long time. And as you heard about all these promises for the unfinished, maybe you're there thinking, what, what does that mean for me? I don't really know God. I don't really know Jesus. I feel like my life is falling apart. I want you to know that we're in the same boat with you. We don't come to church because we know that we're perfect. We come to church because we know that we're not. And we need the great finisher to finish us. He says, I will finish what I started. And so maybe God wants to start on you today. If you're here and you say, I don't have a relationship with Jesus, but I'd like to start one today. You want to be number 578. I don't know what it was. 578 and 79. I'm going to ask every head to be bowed and every eye to be closed to give just a moment of privacy. If that's you in this room and you want to give your life back to Jesus Christ, when I say three, I want you to shoot your right hand up saying, yes, I need Jesus. And I want today to not just be the, the new year of the church, but to be my new year on you life. If that's you, when I say three, shoot your right hand up to the sky. One, two, come on, all over this place. Three, right now. You need to make a decision. With your, come on, I see that hand. I see that hand. I see it. 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 Come on, we've got about 11 hands rhythm up right now. Come on, give God some praise for the 11 people. Hey, pray this prayer with us, church. Pray this prayer with us. If you raised your hand, pray this prayer and say, Father God, thank you for speaking to me today. Here is my life. I give you my heart. Give me a fresh start today. I accept you as my Lord and Savior to wash away my past, but to lead me into my future. Today, I start new. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Come on, one more time. Yeah. Thanks so much for joining us today. We hope you've been blessed and encouraged by this message. We'd love to know how this ministry is touching your life. If you would like to share your testimony or if you have any prayer requests, please email us amen at journeyorl.com where we'll have a team of people ready to celebrate with you and pray with you. Also, if you would like to help support the ministry of Journey Church in a financial way, you can do so by visiting journeyorl.com and choosing the giving option or text journeyorl to 77977. We hope you'll join us again soon. Have a great week.